with a, uh, I believe it's a thigh injury. I'm just gonna pull it up right now. Marquise Brown has missed practice with a thigh injury. I was right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Win big in 2021 with rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season-long and DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit includes rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off on any Premium Pass. Use the promo code FRA. FRA for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com slash radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Welcome to the Fantasy Jones. I'm Carlos Marion, and I'm here with none other than Frank Amarante, our fantasy expert. Frank, are you ready for some DFS action? Always ready, always love talking DFS. It's so fun, just adds another level of excitement to your NFL Sunday. Yeah, especially when your season's going down and season long. And you, you don't want to wait on that ship. It's nice to just hop on another one, the DFS ship. That's the one we're going to be riding tonight. Frank, we're going to just go position to position, go just like we did last week, get some value picks, some high-end picks, and even some diamonds in the rough. Let's start off right away with quarterback. Frank, who are the high-end guys that you like this week? All right. So... A lot of people are looking at Patrick Mahomes because he's home to Dallas and that's a 55 and a half point total, the highest on the slate. And Mahomes is priced as QB4. But I'm going to go away from there as my top choice. That's going to be the most popular one. I'm going to still pick a popular player who's a bit more expensive, who I think is also in an awesome spot, and that's Josh Allen. He's priced at 8,100 on DraftKings, 500 more than Mahomes. But Allen takes on a Colts defense that is really good against the run. The, Bill the Bills are the most pass-heavy team in the league. The Bills' running game isn't good. It's a perfect storm because the fourth factor is that the Colts are a good team. The Colts could keep this game close. It's not like last week where the Bills just destroyed the Jets and Josh Allen went nuts. He averaged like 12 yards per attempt, 13 yards per attempt last week. Imagine if that was a close game which obviously he wouldn't average as many yards per attempt, but his fantasy game would have been even bigger. I really think the Colts will keep it close, and I think Josh Allen will have another huge game at home, and that's why he's going to be my top expensive quarterback choice. That's a good point What you brought up with the Colts being a good team and to keep this game relatively close so they can go back and forth and get those fantasy points jumping. That's what we like to see. Frank, value pick. Who's the guy in the middle middle range that you really like this week? So in the middle range, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. He's at 6,600. He takes on the Raiders that just allowed 400 yards and five touchdowns to Patrick Mahomes. Burrow's coming off a bye. The Bengals have lost two in a row. I think they're really going to bounce back. And the good thing is that the Raiders, just like the Colts, they're they've been decent on offense they can they can hang and the thing is the raiders are pass heavy as well so we could just see an aerial attack between these two teams and the best part about playing a quarterback like burrow is that 
he's just strictly a pocket passer, so he's easier to stack because when he's having a big game, it's not like he's going to add fantasy production through rushing yards. So your receivers or whoever you stack, if you choose the right one, is likely also having a big game. So I love Joe Burrow here. Joe Burrow, that game looks like it's going to be just a complete shootout. I'm trying to fill out my lineups with as many players from like T Higgins. It's a nice one. I think guys that I, I like in that game for sure. There's so many. Oh yeah. Frank, Frank, what, uh, is there a low end guy? Well, if we're looking at the low end, I probably won't go this route just because there's some really good cheap running backs. I like to look at, but if I was, I would go with Trevor Simeon just because he's been actually pretty solid from a fantasy standpoint. Last week, he scored 19.92 DraftKings points at a 5.2 salary, 5,200, which is almost 4x his salary, four times the salary, which is what you're looking for. The week before, he had 16.96, which is over 3x of his salary. So he's been pretty solid from a fantasy perspective. And the Eagles, you know, they've given up plays to quarterbacks. Justin Herbert had a great game against them. Not saying Simeon, Simeon is like Herbert, but the Saints will likely have to air it out because Alvin Kamara is probably going to miss the game. We could see Simeon deliver some solid value at a really cheap price. That would be interesting to see Simeon break through the 20 mark. He, you know, you called Heineke last week. He did pretty well. And it'll be interesting if Simeon can keep up his role against the uh, Against, like you said, the Eagles are team defensively. They're getting better week by week, but this is another matchup that he can easily exploit. Now, when we move to running backs, there seems like there are a couple big-name guys to choose from. Is there any high-end running back that you really like this week? So if we look at the high-end running backs, we have McCaffrey, Taylor, Cook, Nick Chubb. We can throw Zeke in there. We could throw in Joe Mixon at 7,600. I got to If I'm paying up, I'm paying all the way up to Christian McCaffrey because since he's been back from injury, his workload has just been. He's picked up right where he's left. He left off last week. 13 carries, 95 yards, 10 catches, 66 yards. He didn't even get a touchdown, and he still got 26.1 DraftKings point. He's unbelievable in full PPR. He's still less than 9,000 on DraftKings, so his price is manageable. And the matchup doesn't really matter with McCaffrey because of his extremely high passing game usage. So if I'm paying up, I'm playing McCaffrey, especially because Taylor has a tough matchup against the Bills. And you'd think there'd be some rust with him. It was literally just, I'm back. Where's my workload? I need to eat. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Frank, I have a feeling who this guy's going to be, but who is your value pick of the week? So this is in the mid-tier. It's 6,200. It's none other than A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones is out. A.J. Dillon was already giving you some standalone value because the Packers have been run heavy, especially when Aaron Rodgers had to miss the game. Well, last week, Jones left early. Dillon had 21 carries for 66 yards and two touchdowns. He caught both targets for 62 yards. Now he has the backfield all to himself. He takes on a Vikings defense that's given up big production to running backs all season long. They rank 31st in rush EPA, so this is a great matchup. And Dylan is in in a great spot to smash. 
You can also, I have to add one other player who's 100 cheaper, and that's James Conner, who just gets a touchdown every single week. It's crazy. He's now getting Kyler Murray back. Last week, he didn't do great, but he still had 10 carries and four targets. Now the Cardinals offense will be better again with Murray. And you can definitely go with both Dylan and Connor. That's why paying up at running back, even though Dylan and Connor will be really popular, sometimes you just got to go with the chalk because you're getting two workhorses at 6,200 and 6,100, which is great value. So I have to mention Connor with him too, but Dylan is definitely my preferred. How are you going to beat that price? You know, 200, yeah. 200 more than McCaffrey alone. You might as well just pay up for those two and maybe get one of them in your flex and then get McCaffrey. So yeah, you could do that too. That's a, honestly, those two, like, especially James Connor, we all know about AJ Dillon, what he's going to do this week, but eight James Connor is in a great matchup against the Seahawks. That looks like something at 6,100 that I just have to put in all of my lineups. 100%. Is there uh is there a diamond in the rough? Well, at running back, the best value for me is in for going super cheap, sub 5,000. And that's of the Tennessee Titans, Deonta Foreman facing his former team, the Texans. Jeremy McNichols handled passing down work. He's likely to miss the game with a concussion. That means Foreman will likely take over those duties because Adrian Peterson is not a receiving back. And he takes on, he's in a great matchup. Titans are double-digit favorites against the Texans. Texans run defense isn't good. So it's a good game script. I definitely like Deonta Foreman. Although I wanted to mention one more name, and that being Miles Sanders, because he's only 5,000. Now, the matchup is terrible because New Orleans is the best run defense in the NFL. However, I remember last year, the Saints run defense was just as dominant last year. And Miles Sanders, when the Eagles played them last year, Jalen Hurts was under center. Miles Sanders rushed for 115 yards and two touchdowns on 14 carries. I remember I played him in DFS that week. Now, is he going to do that again? Highly unlikely, but it just still is worth mentioning I write a weekly matchups article for Rotoballer. I didn't put Sanders in the I love this matchup section, but it's different in DFS because the price, 5000 That's just super cheap for a player who could, not likely, but there's a definitely a decent chance that he comes right back to a nice workload. So at that price, it's worth a look. Absolutely. And Sidia already just said that, he, he's going to start if he's ready to go. <laughs> Frank, we're going to move right into wide receivers. Is there anybody that you like at the top that has to be in your lineup? So if we're looking at the top here, I have to, you know, Devontae Adams has a good matchup. Tyreek Hill does. But I'm going, because I chose Josh Allen, I have to go with Stefan Diggs. Last week had an over 40% target share. He finally blew up 162 yards and one touchdown. The Colts are a pass funnel defense. Cole Beasley is banged up. I think it's back to the Stefan Diggs we thought we were getting. So the fact that he's under 8K is, is appealing to me. Because look at it this way. He's only 300 more than CeeDee Lamb. But Stefan Diggs has a much safer target share. And Stefan Diggs doesn't have to compete for targets with Amari Cooper and with Michael Gallup and with Dalton Schultz and then Zeke taking away carries. So... 
Diggs is is the play for me at the high end. Exactly. We talked about it on our other episode. Diggs is back. It looks like he showed me by obviously you have him in season long and he uh, seeing those 162 yeah. yards was a painful sight. But <laughs> Frank, value plays. You like anybody? Could go with Tyler Lockett at 6,000. He led, I believe he either led or finished second in air yards last week with Russ's return. And he's... Uh, 8,000 cheaper, uh, 800 cheaper than DK Metcalf, even though Lockett has a higher target share. So the value is there. And I could see the Seahawks passing game bouncing back. Frank, uh, I want to, what do you think about Hunter Renfro this week? There's a guy that I like. He's got a nice floor every week. He is their leading receiver. It just seems that he's just steadily targeted every week. What do you think about this week? Well, this week, it's a good matchup because you'll likely see a close high-scoring game against the Bengals where where the Raiders will have to air it out. And Renfro's put up over 17 DK points in consecutive games. He's put up 18 targets in those last two games, nine in each. So like you said, his floor is phenomenal, especially for full full PPR leagues. The only issue that I have with Hunter Renfro is if you click on DraftKings, you can click his game log, which shows his price each week, and it's really climbed now. So back in week four, it was 4,400. Then from weeks five to six, it was 4,900. From week seven to nine, it was 4,800. But now it's 5,400. So it's definitely increased. And here's the thing also is that He's only $600 cheaper than Tyler Lockett, and he's only $800 cheaper than Amari Cooper. And I might rather just pay up to get to those two, way more Cooper than Lockett. But I do see your point about Renfro. He's been been really a steady contributor, and perhaps that uh, higher price tag will mean his ownership is lower. So I could definitely see the, the appeal with him for sure. That's a good point with the price tag because obviously as the price goes up, the value goes down and and that option to have Renfro at that 17 points per game is the multiplier doesn't really work with that that well with him. Exactly. Well said. Are there anybody is there anybody that's uh, cheap that we can look at a wide receiver? For cheap wide receivers, because there's so many wide receivers, I'm going to mention a few. The first one I'm going to mention is Rashad Bateman who's mispracticed with an illness, but he'll likely play. The thing is that Marquise Brown has mispracticed all week with a, uh, I believe it's a thigh injury. I'm just going to pull it up right now. Marquise Brown has missed practice with a thigh injury. I was right. (laughs) So, (laughs) So if you look at the Bears defense, they're allowing the fifth most PPR points per game to wideouts this year. Opposing wideouts have averaged 9.84 yards per target against them, which is the most in the NFL. So if Brown is out, you are likely going to see a huge uptick in targets for Rashad Bateman. So if you look at his price, it's still really low. It's only 4,500. And that's despite the fact that he's at eight targets, eight targets, six and six targets. Look at last week, he put up 14 DK points, 
without scoring a touchdown. And his salary was 4,200. That's almost 4X. So he's definitely appealing. If we go on to the next one I like, this is a player I've been playing a lot. And that's Deontay Harris of the Saints. That's because, number one, he returns kicks and punts. So that gives him another out, which means another way to get you production if he lucks into a touchdown there. But also is that he's like third in the league in yards per row run, which means that he's really efficient. And if we look at his last three games, he'd, he's, or if we look at his last five games, he's put up seven or more targets in three of those games. One of which I believe he left early with injury. And that's the game where he caught a 72 yard touchdown against Washington. And the last two games, he's put up double digit DK points and he's put up double digit DK points in four of his last five. So he's a cheap pick there at 4,200. The only thing is he's only 300 less than Bateman and Bateman's a much better play. So that's the problem. The last two that I'll say, there's two more. One, Michael Gallup, who's going to be super popular. He, he returned to the lineup last week. He's still only 4,200, and he plays the Chiefs in an amazing game environment. But he'll be super popular. I want to, if you want to go really, really cheap, it's Nico Collins of Houston. He's only 3,300, and he's gotten 18 targets in his last four games, which is over four per game. He can win downfield. He's facing a Titans defense that is allowing the most PPR points per game to wide receivers. Maybe coming out of the bye, we, he gets found loose deep. Let's say he catches a 40-yard touchdown. Well, at this price, a 40-yard touchdown, that's 11 fantasy points. At his price, that's already almost four times on the multiplier. And it's definitely possible. So... All he needs to do really at that price is three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown or something like that. I like the I like him at that price. And if you want to get crazy and you really spin up at other positions, you can pair him with a correlated play with Marcus Johnson of the Titans, who's 3,500. And this guy with Julio Jones out last week, he went five catches for 100 yards. He got 18 points on a $3,000 salary. That's 6X. So I like those two, pairing them together even. And that's definitely a really super cheap play that you can get to. Oh, that's a moonshot combo if I've ever seen one. But it, back to your Bateman pick, it, it was interesting. We had just talked about Renfro and how his price went up. And it looks like the same, the same way with Bateman where we're catching him where – where Renfro was in week four. So maybe there's some move to go up as the weeks progress, right? This week, what was it? 4,200? Who knows? Maybe next week it's five or 5,500. Yeah, definitely can because he's getting a lot of targets and he's a former first round pick. He's a rookie. He looks great. Uh, So I could definitely see that. Yeah. So now we're looking at the tight ends. There is one guy we mentioned at the top of the list that we mentioned in our last episode, Darren Waller, is that who you're going to lean with in uh, for the high end pick? Yes, definitely. Darren Waller. I know Kelsey's in a great game environment. He's obviously in play in that 55 and a half point total, but I like Darren Waller just because he's a thousand dollars cheaper and the Bengals Raiders game can definitely be a shootout as well. 
So saving the money there and I'm putting Waller in in my Burrow stacks with Jamar Chase looks pretty nice. George Kittle has looked pretty solid, but the thing is they're so run heavy and I think they'll take care of the Jags that I'm not going to get there. He's too expensive. So Waller's my favorite at the top of this list. Like we said, it's got to be this week, right? Where he comes and establishes himself again as that alpha. Frank, oh yeah, mid-tier. You got anybody here that you like? Mid-tier that we will have to look at here. So I'm going to look sub 5,000 just because if I'm picking a 5,000 player, that's pretty close to Waller's 6,100. So if I'm looking at sub 5K, I'm going to look at Dan Arnold of the Jaguars. Like, look what this guy's done. Week five, eight targets. Week eight, 10 targets. Week nine, seven. And week 10, eight. So his only game with fewer than seven targets was in week six, where he had five. And his last three games, he's caught 17 of 25 targets for 195 yards. He's been really good. And his salary, he's gotten a bump in salary. He was at 2,800, 3,400, 3,500. This week, he's 4,100, which is only 300 less than Dallas Goddard. But Goddard is coming back from a concussion. But, you know, Dan Arnold, the way he's been used, he looks like a strong play. Yeah, especially in that group there, we see a familiar face. We see Rob Gronkowski. That's a moonshot, wouldn't it be? Like if you oh. have 4,300 or is... Well, the thing is there, oh, I oh. see you. You might be looking at the Sunday plus Monday slate because they play on Monday. If you were, oh, if you were doing that, yeah, Gronk, that's a great play for sure. Great call. So if you're playing the, the slate where you include Monday night, that's a smash. Gronk is definitely worth a look. That's a great price. Yeah, 4,300, why not, right? Is there yeah. is there someone at the low end at the low end that you really like? Yes, and there's two of them. We spoke about them in the rundown episode. And that's number one is Cole Komet. Look at his last three games. Six catches, 87 yards. Three catches, but on six targets, 24 yards. Five catches for 43. Remember, he's at a really cheap salary. He does not need to do much in order to get there and provide enough value for you. He's at 3,400. In his game before the bye, he put up 14.7. That's almost 5x on his 3,200 salary. If he finds the end zone, he's going to smash. And Allen Robinson might miss the game. He's missed practice all week. We're recording on Thursday. Also, the Ravens are atrocious against the tight end in the bottom three of the league. Love me some Cole Komet. Yeah, we mentioned him in that last episode and... This seems like a nice little matchup to exploit. And he might be a guy when you go really heavy on wide receivers and running backs. Cole Komet's your guy. I actually have two now. I just saw another one. I'm going to say my first one before I get to the other. Adam Trotman's my other one. And that's because he has 19 targets in his last three games. However, he hasn't really delivered on that volume. I mean... He's only had 83 yards in those three games with no touchdowns. So that's the risk you take if you go this route. But they have a pocket passer in Trevor Simeon. It's not like Taysom Hill scrambling, taking off and running. And they'll have to likely air it out to keep pace with the Eagles. So he's worth a look. But I just saw someone who might have just immediately jumped to my favorite. And this is because 
he's tied to a stack that I really like. It's none other than CJ Ozoma of the Bengals. We look at his price, it's 3,500, very cheap. Look at the ceiling that he has shown this season. Against the, uh, the Jaguars, he had five catches for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Against the Ravens, he had three catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns. That's a massive ceiling at such a, uh, a cheap price, which shows how efficient the Bengals' offense could be, that because they have such all this talent on the outside at wide receiver, you have an instance where the tight end could find himself like totally wide open in the middle of the field and just run in for a long touchdown, which is exactly what's happened. The last thing you have to say is that the Raiders' defense ranks 31st in PPR points allowed per game to tight ends. Okay, we just I just talked myself into it. This is the tight end that that looks like the play. Looks like we'll see some tweets later on this evening about uh, CJ. Oh, yeah. Should we move right on to defense, Frank? Are we going to get yeah, on? Let's do it. Let's pick, let's pick out a nice uh, little stream. Well, we could keep, I'll say the high end and then go on. I think at the high end this week, it's, they're all a little cheaper. They're all under 4k. The one I would probably lean towards is my favorite high end one are the 49ers. And that's because it looked like they're starting to put everything together on Monday night against the Rams. They totally shut down one of the best offenses in the NFL. This team has racked up at least two sacks in five of their last six games. The Jaguars' offense is atrocious. This is, a, uh, this is the way to go if you're, if you're looking to pay up at defense. It was really surprising seeing them really dismantle the Rams. Yeah. You know, we expected it pre- before the season that this team would be one to look out for and what better way than Monday night to just let everybody know that they're still around. Absolutely. Anybody here that uh, you like in the mid? Yeah, there's one that looks like a smash play that is probably going to be by far the most popular choice. And that's the Cleveland Browns because they're home to the Detroit Lions. They're home to Jared Goff's backup, who I have to Google his name right now because I already forgot his name, who he might start because Goff is injured with an oblique injury. It's Tim Boyle. (laughs) Tim Boyle is facing a Browns defense that has put up at least two sacks in eight consecutive games and nine out of 10 of their games. They have two games with five plus sacks, including one game with nine sacks. Okay. They have an interception in four of their games. They have one defensive touchdown too. You want to target defenses that can rush the passer. The Browns could definitely do that. They're only 3,100, so they're likely to be very popular. Yeah, just looking at that nine-sack game, it's really surprising they only had 16 fantasy points from that. True. That's true. Are there any, like, dart throws that you see here? Yes. So the cheap one we could go with, I think my favorite out of these cheap ones would be, we could look at the Panthers because they've shown a nice ceiling this year. They have a good pass rush. They've racked up two-plus sacks in four consecutive games. They have four picks in their last three, including two uh, fumble recoveries. They put up at least eight fantasy points in, like, seven games this year. They play Washington. Taylor Heineke can be prone to turnovers. 
So they're definitely worth a look. The other one, Washington football team looked much better last week. Prior to last week, their pass rush had been good. They put up two plus sacks in four straight games. And now if we look at them, they've allowed 24 points or fewer in three straight games. So it's improving defense, although Chase Young is now for the season, which sucks. But they could be worth a look. They're only 2,400. The other one that you might look at are the Minnesota Vikings. I know they play the Packers, but they've been so consistent from a fantasy football perspective. Like since week five, nine points, nine points, eight points, 12 points. All they need is a pick, a couple of sacks, and they've gotten at least two sacks in every game this year. At least two sacks. They've gotten three sacks in four games this year and two and four sacks in two games. They have a good pass rush. It's worth a shot. They're really cheap, but uh, we will see. I like to pay down at defense, but the Browns might be the no-brainer of the week. Interesting you made that explanation for the Vikings on their consistency as a, from a fantasy standpoint. And that's essentially the reason I picked up the Packers defense this week mm. because of the consistency week in, week out. That's a good one. There are other options on the wire, but hey, why not, right? They, they clearly look like they're, like we just mentioned with A.J. Dillon and how actually they, they might run the ball down their throat. That's going to be a nice game script to maybe they even just destroy them. Maybe it's just like a destruction of the Vikings. You just brought up a great point. I'm going to tell you, this is why our discussions are phenomenal. A.J. Dillon is going to be pretty popular, and for good reason. He's in a terrific spot. He's underpriced. He's an RB1. He has a great matchup against a weak rush defense. Well, I mentioned to you that the Browns will likely be really popular at home at a cheap price against the Lions. The Packers are the exact same price as the Browns, so as a way to pivot and, and get different with your lineup that has A.J. Dillon, you can play the Packers also because the Packers' defense is correlated with A.J. Dillon. Because if A.J. Dillon is running well, that likely means that the Packers are playing with the lead because of the positive game script. And if the Packers are playing with the lead, that's good news for the fantasy defense because when you're playing with the lead – you have more opportunities for pass rush, for sacks, for turnovers. That's a great call, and that might be part of a bunch of my lineups. I really like that. Yeah, especially with H.A. Dillon, you might as well just put them together and see what happens. Yeah. Put that baby in a stew. Frank, that run-through for DFS was uh, clean, good. We got some nice value picks. Any, anybody else that you're thinking of? I don't think so. I think we, we went through just about everyone. I think we really covered it. If we're, if I want to give a, another one to keep an eye on in, in terms of any news that arises, uh, you know, we don't know if CEH is coming back yet and he's in a great game environment. Like we said, he's only 5,200. We don't know if Elijah Mitchell is out. If he is, Jeff Wilson at 5,100 is decent, but I'd rather go with Foreman, to be honest. So you got to keep an eye on any developments and be fluid with your lineups. But I think we really banged it out nicely. Exactly. Frank, until we meet again. All right. Beautiful show. That's it. Thank you for tuning in to the Fantasy Jones podcast. 
Keep up with The Fantasy Jones on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, thefantasyjones.com.